0: Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Today's reading is taken from Philippians chapter four, verses four to thirteen. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything Whatever you have learned, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, that at, the la- at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, everyone. Oh, that was a very good morning. So... uh, Yes, my name is Eve, I'm a clergy lead here, and um, at the beginning of this new school year we're thinking about what it means to belong to the St. George's Church family, not just through our vision, but what we do day to day and week to week. Uh, If you want to look at our church vision some more, if you're new to us, you can find that on our website, the talk from this year, and I really encourage you to do that as it tells you a little bit about what we feel God is calling us to as St. George's. And as we talk about prayer and serving and giving, uh, we're talking about things we do at St. George's, but also that would be recognized as marks or practices of Christians all over the world. So if you've been here for a while, it's a bit like going back to school together. None of us are too cool for school, guys. Um, Or if you're new to us, this is some of what we do as St. George's. And I hope that it's not just talks from the front, that this then is put into practice as we go out into our weeks and as we are family together, whether we're with other people or on our own. And so this today, I've got two flip charts. This was inspired in the summer, if you know anything about me, you know I like comedy. I went to a comedy show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. There was a wonderful comedian called Mark Simmons, if you want to look him up, who does one-liners. And he had his show um, out for everyone to see, and he would just cross off as we covered the things we were gonna cover. But there was also some choices. This is gonna be in the sermon, and I'm gonna just ask people different points, which one you want first. So it's all gonna happen. So if you, some of you will be like, finally, I can see exactly what's gonna be preached. Others will be like, oh, I'm not sure. So we'll see how we go. So first of all, why pray? Why pray? Christians are praying people. God's people have always prayed to God, speaking or singing to God in praise, we've been doing that this morning, giving thanks, confessing, saying sorry as we've just done in our prayers, giving requests to God, praying for others and the world in intercession, that's what we've just done, lament, expressing our sadness and disappointment to God, God's people have always sought to listen to God as well, his voice, in silence, in our minds, and through the church and its people. Prayer is giving our attention to God in a two way spiritual relationship where we talk to God and we also listen to him. Prayer is like a child's conversation with their father, with their parent, and it builds. Trust. We've just been singing, I will trust you. I will build my life on your love. And a key way that we do that is in prayer. And it's not just part of our relationship with Jesus. It's, it is. It, it, it's the substance of our relationship with Jesus. So if you're exploring faith here today and you think, can I know God? The answer is yes one of the key ways we learn to do that is in prayer. If you've been here a while, and I mean, if anyone's sitting here thinking, I actually have the perfect prayer life, thanks. I'd love to meet you, because <laughs> I don't. So thinking about this again was so encouraging. Um, but we can go deeper with God in, in intimacy with God in prayer. And so in the passage that we uh, read today, I'm going to focus on the first few verses, this passage to the Philippian church. From Paul in the New Testament. He's updating them about his current situation. He's encouraging them against false teachers that would drive them away from Jesus. And he's encouraging them to stand firm in the good news of Jesus. And uh, the reason that Paul went to Philippi was because he heard from God in a vision, he had an encounter in prayer. That we read about in Acts 16. And he went to uh, Macedonia, a region uh, where sort of uh, Greece and that area of Europe is now. And Philippi at the time of Paul's journey, St. Paul, it was a military outpost. It had the legal quality of Rome, the empire. It was a little reproduction of Rome. So all the things about Rome that would draw people away from the kingdom of God to the kingdom of uh, power and authority of the world was in Philippi and we remember that that's where Lydia was converted if you've read that story in the New Testament in Acts and where Paul and Silas were put in prison for interrupting the marketplace by healing a young girl you can go and listen to Josh Cacaine's talk on that online if you'd like to so Paul knows what it is to give his requests to God, and he had lived it. And this um, is just an example of sort of when I think about a passage and look at it, sometimes you read it through a few times, and sometimes it just helps me to kind of think through and divide it up into little things. And it, it came across to me as I was reading it, it goes kind of in columns, that there's a what? There's an invitation or instructions to rejoice in the Lord, to not be anxious about anything to think about certain things, there's a bit of a how or a, a posture around at that, and there's a why, which is a kind of promise about who God is. We're called to rejoice in the Lord, and in doing that, let our evidence, our gentleness—sorry—be evident to all. This sense of gentleness. Is almost untranslatable, but it's a bit like a sweet reasonableness, a generosity towards others. It's uh, peaceable and good and rich in mercy, in that considerate courtesy and respect for the integrity of others, which prompts a person not to be forever standing on their rights, but is about the character of Jesus. As we rejoice, We're called to be more like God. And the wonderful thing of this is the Lord is near. There's a few things from this passage. If you don't hear anything else, remember these promises of God. The Lord is near to us. We can know the kindness of God. And then Paul is talking to them about prayer. He's saying, don't be anxious about anything. And you can say, well, it's easy for you, Paul. But remember, Paul had been imprisoned (laughs) and... uh, tortured and stoned and had to escape for his life and so he's probably writing from experience in every situation present your requests to God in prayer and petition and that prayer request, and petition is like a stacked list of the same sort of thing to do to bring to God our burdens and to give him the things that are on our mind let God know what is troubling you expresses this very personal nature of prayer. One commentary I read said, prayer is a conversation with and a plea directed to the supreme person of the universe, God, who can hear and know and understand and care about and respond to the concerns that otherwise would sink you in despair. I wonder if some of us need to hear that encouragement today in every situation. And we do come with requests and things, please do this. But remember, prayer is a conversation and building trust. And as we bring those, sometimes God just shifts our perspective. Sometimes he seems to answer our prayers very specifically. Sometimes it's after a long time that we see the impact of our prayers. Sometimes we're still in the mystery. But we can bring all of this to God. And then this promise, the peace of God, will guard our hearts and mind in Jesus Christ. The God of peace will be with you. And again in my reading, this isn't peace with God like being right with God. This is sharing in the very peace that exists in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We rest in the peace of God. And then it just encourages, Paul encourages them to put their minds and their hearts and their action into the things of God. So we see in this passage, the what, the how, and the why of prayer. That was the longest section. So we've done that. Okay. Um, Hello, Sarah. Would you like to pick from this list, St. George's, a good quote, or children's prayers? What do you fancy? a good quote. Oh, that will lead quite nicely on. So I'm just going to give you a good quote about prayer, guys. This is from Pete Gregg, who's been involved in founding the 24-7 movement. If you want to do any further reading on it, go to his stuff. There's loads of free courses on prayer. He says, the best bit of advice I ever received about how to pray was this. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. You've got to keep it simple so that the most natural thing in the world doesn't become complicated, weird, and intense. You've got to keep it real because when life hurts like hell, you're going to be tempted to pretend you're fine. And then at other times when you're making a mess of things, you're going to be tempted to hide from God, which never really works, and end up hiding from yourself, which works quite well. And you've got to keep it up because life is tough. The battle is fierce. And God is not an algorithm. So keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. Wonderful. The Lord's Prayer. I just wanted to mention, it feels funny, you know, preaching on prayer to not mention the Lord's Prayer. We've prayed it today. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he gave them the Lord's Prayer something we can say all in one go or we can use as a complete framework to pray through in any situation. And it also guides us into prayerful action in the world. How brilliant is that? Jesus knew how to pray and to teach us to pray. And um, what I do sometimes if I'm in a pickle or if I'm thinking through something, I will pray the Lord's Prayer. I will also use the actions and it really helps me because it gets me into my whole self and it makes me think things through. So the Lord's Prayer here. Um, and I, I encourage you to do this this week. You don't need to have a, a child right next to you to do this. Uh, and what it helps, and particularly my favorite one, is the give us today our daily bread. Because it's quite funny. And also it reminds me that God is sustaining me, that God is present, that God is giving me what I need. Um, and so should we just do this with the actions through? It doesn't matter that the children and youth have gone because we are children of our Heavenly Father. See if I can remember them. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Well done. So now you all know the actions for every Sunday that we do it here. Um, so sometimes I'm thinking, give me what I need, Lord. Give me today my daily bread. If I'm thinking, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me. Sometimes you've just got to, you know, do that. Maybe at work or you know you just go to the loo and you have a little like Jesus be with me deliver me from this so you know get into it let's use the Lord's Prayer Archbishop Justin Welby says the Lord's Prayer is simple enough to be memorized by small children and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer we can pray that in any language in our own language it shows that we pray to our Father in heaven in the name of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit This is Christian prayer. We pray to a God who is Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's a good conversation starter about prayer as well, if you're talking about prayer or being a Christian, to talk about the Lord's Prayer specifically, because lots of people know it. And we see how we come to the Father in the person of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And this Lord's Prayer and praying um, personally was really helpful to me when. I found my own faith. And had this picture I was preparing this that sometimes prayer feels a bit like, you know, on like posh hotels or on cliffs, people might just hit golf balls off and they just, has anyone ever done that? I've never done it. You just hit a golf ball and it goes. Who knows where it's gone? You'll never see that golf ball again. And that's sometimes what prayer used to feel like for me. I was just like, I'll just go pitch it. Yeah, great, I've prayed. And I think prayer and praying the Lord's Prayer is a bit more like throwing a... Someone's got a boomerang. Thank you very much. Throwing a boomerang. You're knowing that God's word is gonna come back to you. Maybe with an answer, maybe with a sense of his love. Um, and so try and think of praying as throwing that boomerang and not as just hitting golf balls aimlessly into the distance. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Lovely. Um, Who else would like to... Phil, hi Phil. Would you like to pick St. George's or children's prayers? St. George's, thanks. Wonderful. So St. George's, I just thought very quickly I would um, share how we pray at St. George's. Some lovely pictures here of people praying. And I put this daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. So daily, some of you will already know, but we pray on Facebook three times a week, Um, on Facebook Live prayers following the Church of England daily prayer, joining millions of others in the world. And then daily, I'm sure lots of us are praying either on our own with God or as a family, maybe before a meal or before we go to bed or on the way to school, talking about the things we'll be doing in the day where we need courage, where we need peace. It might look like sitting and having a more traditional quiet time with God. We pray weekly as a church. We've already prayed together in intercessions on a Sunday. We pray in prayer ministry where we pray for one another. We pray every week in our staff team across the whole three churches. We come together and we share encouragements and we pray. Uh, We pray in our small groups every week that we meet. So we pray weekly. We pray monthly in particularly our prayer and worship gathering and in our PCC meetings, the elected council of the church, we always pray in those meetings. In our worship and prayer gatherings, that looks like getting into threes and each person says a short prayer from something offered from the front. We pray aloud with people around us for a particular thing. We might pray in silence together. And then yearly we pray, particularly our annual church meeting, we give thanks for all that God has done, and we pray into the vision that God has given the church. Daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. And that really encouraged me, and I think sometimes you might think, "Well, I come on a Sunday, uh, but you know, and I want to pray more, how do I do that? Well that's the different ways we can. But also to know that we as a whole community are a praying people. Um, And we're a praying church. And I want to encourage you uh, to be praying as a member of St. George's, to know that we pray as a church as well as individuals. We are praying as a community. And then I just wanted to mention prayer and fasting. Uh, And this was as I was preparing the talk, just a sense that God wanted to encourage us and me in this. Jesus says, when you pray, do it like this, when you fast. And fasting was a practice already for the Jewish people and incorporated into Christian prayer. It looks like denying or refraining oneself normally of food for a meal, for a set time, a period of time, and it's fasting unto or for the sake of prayer. Fasting is a means to an end, not the end in itself. It doesn't earn us any more of God's love But it does help us align ourselves with God in his presence. And there might be different things that are more appropriate for you to fast. You know, social media is a huge one now. One writer says, fasting is an opportunity to lay down an appetite. An appetite for food, for media, for shopping. This act of self-denial may not be huge or seem huge, just a meal or a quick online shop. But it brings us face-to-face with the hunger at the core of our being. Fasting exposes how we try and keep empty hunger at bay and gain a sense of well-being by devouring creature comforts. But through self-denial, we begin to recognize what controls us. Our small denials of the self show us just how little taste we actually have for sacrifice or time with God. This truth is not meant to discourage us. It's simply the first step in realizing that we have to lay down our life in order to find it again. And in scripture, Jesus says there are some things, sometimes we call it spiritual warfare, some things uh, that seem to require prayer and fasting for our prayer to seem to be effective. And I just had a sense preparing this into this new term, this new academic year, that maybe God is calling us to fast sometimes. Now that might be quite simple for some of us. It might be instead of having lunch on a day, uh, in that half hour you sit and you pray instead of for something specific or for the prayer bookmark that we have about our vision. Or it might be that in a small group you decide to fast social media for the day that you're going to meet. So by the time you see each other you've been more present in your day and you bring prayers to God. So I invite you to have a, a think about that and a pray and if you want to find out more do you drop me uh, an email. There's only one left to choose. Lizzie, what would you like, finally? (laughs) Children's prayers, man, children's prayers. Um, In prayer, we have to not take ourselves too seriously, and we have to trust in God's promises very seriously. So just to offer some uh, prayers. Dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that, or was it an accident? (laughs) Dear God, we read Thomas Edison Made Light, but in Sunday school... They told, they told us you did it. I bet he stole your idea. Finally, dear God, I don't think anybody could be a better God. Well, I just want you to know that. Uh, I'm not just saying that because you're God already. <laughs> we can pray honestly and openly to God as children of our heavenly Father, our heavenly parent. So, we've covered those things. And I think today is just an invitation to renew our prayer life, to start praying, to pray in a different way if that helps us refresh ourselves. It might be that we need encouragement. Why, why am I praying? To build trust and intimacy with the God who loves me. The Lord is near. His peace is a promise. Maybe to begin to use that prayer of Jesus to pray, or maybe to a new season of prayer and fasting. And we're going to do that now. We're going to respond to the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast for more talks or information visit stgs.org.uk